Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup, episode 46 for the week ending Monday, February 29th. This is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugu and with me is my co-host on the program, Defo Mohapi. How's it, Defo? Welcome back, Holmes. Yeah, I'm good. It's probably the last 29th we'll see until Museveni's president again. Uh, <laughs> mic drop moment right there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm good. Uh, you guys did a good show last week? We did, actually. Um, Kyle Torrington made for an excellent guest, but of course, it was never the same without you, bro. Ah, come on. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. Now, uh, I saw you on television, by the way, talking Apple versus FBI. I mean, you just went from Android to Apple, and now this, bruh. Well, what is this? It's a bad omen, man. Nah, man. FBI must stop asking for backdoors. <laughs> yeah, they must they must do their own police work. <laughs> yeah, but I, it's, a, it's an interesting case. But let's get straight to the African stuff now. For sure, for sure. Let's bring it home. Let's bring it home. We love our regulars, but in the event you're listening to this podcast for the first time, an extra special welcome to you. Our regulars know where it's at by now. AfricanTechRoundup.com is where you'll find all our previous episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram for useful news updates and very candid commentary. Our handle on both platforms is at African Roundup. On Facebook, of course, we are facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. Yeah, but before we go any further, this episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash African Tech with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Sign up right away or at least as soon as we over by getting a book called Kingpin, How One Hacker Took Over the Billion Dollar Cybercrime Underground, written by Kevin Paulson. Just click through to audibletrial.com forward slash African Tech for your free audiobook. So you may have heard Mobile World 2016 went down last week. Oh, did you miss it? Well then, good thing we had tech journalist and good friend of the show, Craig Wilson, keeping an eye out for interesting happenings around the streets of Barcelona. And here he is with a quick update. Take a listen. This is Craig Wilson coming to you live from Barcelona, and I'm the editor of Stuff Magazine. And I've been here this week for Mobile World Congress, the annual must-attend event for anyone who's involved in mobile, whether it's phones, apps, wearables, or any number of things in between. Now, this year got off to a start on Sunday, which is a day before the event officially starts, but that's usually the case with a couple of preview shows and one or two manufacturers taking the chance to get in there with their new announcements right before the full-on media assault that is Mobile World. This year, Samsung had its event in the early evening, as it usually does, and as it did last year when it unveiled the S6 and S6 Edge. This time around, it was unveiling the S7 and S7 Edge, along with the Gear 360, a golf ball-like 360-degree VR-intended camera that works by shooting images, 15-megapixel pictures, on both sides of a single camera behind 285 degree fisheye lenses. It uh, stitches these together and uh, spits out a 360 degree image. But frankly, Samsung was almost wholly overshadowed earlier the same day by LG and its announcement of the G5. The G5, uh, which includes a removable battery despite being a unibody design, also includes a range of accessories that can be swapped out with that removable battery. 
It's definitely the most exciting handset to come out of Mobile World, and it points to one of the other highlights, which has been the incredible proliferation of virtual reality equipment. LG has unveiled its own VR headset that issues the option of using the device itself as the screen, opting to have it built in instead. Samsung, meanwhile, has updated their Gear VR, which is the um, the, the model that plugs that your your handset plugs into to serve as the screen, and it'll be offering anyone who pre-orders an S7 or an S7 Edge a free headset. Now, in the US, those cost about $99, but in South Africa, they tend to retail for about 2,000 Rand, making that a pretty compelling option if you're in the market for or looking to get stuck into VR. The real highlight of the, the VR that was on display, however, was HTC's Vive. That's going to cost $800 when it goes on sale in coming months, but it's absolutely by far and away the best integration of VR I've had the option uh, of playing with to date. It's really, really astounding, and I think it's going to set the bar for other uh, other manufacturers when it comes to VR headsets. Um, no sign of HTC's phone, unfortunately, the new M10, until right at the very end of the event, which seems a peculiar time to uh, unveil something like that. But it seems like even if the phone business doesn't uh, last too much longer, there's an entirely new market for HTC to play in in terms of uh, the VR sector. Anyway, I'll be chatting to Andile next week in person uh, with some more information about what went down here in Barcelona. A big thank you to Craig Wilson. And as the man said, we look forward to having him join us on next week's show for a more detailed debrief. But for now, it's on to the news. First up this week, French telco Orange and uh, Google are getting pretty cozy. They've just struck a strategic partnership to increase access to mobile internet services across Africa and the Middle East. (laughs) The romance is uh, happening between these two. Yeah, it's interesting. But as we're going through the offer or whatever whatever they call this marriage that they're going through or courtship, whatever it is, it's not quite clear what the offer really is. If it's a free basics type of offering or are they zero rating it or are they making people pay monthly? Is this orangeinternet.org? <laughs> now, what they are saying, though, is that um, they're trying to make the most of the trend towards uh, data and particularly millennials and their use of data and their packaging, all sorts of things to make that attractive. It's not clear, like you say, whether it's a monthly offering. Is it a once-off? There's $40 thrown as a, as a, as a sort of tariff plan. Um, not clear whether you're paying that once-off. They are saying that everyday tools such as uh, Google Search and YouTube and Google Maps will be available. Again, is it zero-rated? Is it free for Orange subscribers? Or is this only if you buy a certain package with a phone? They, they've given us a whole bunch of information in the press release, uh, but not very clear about you know, the nitty-gritties. Yeah, it's not clear. I mean, as you said, there's a $40 tariff plan, and they're saying that they're targeting youth. So to me, it's like, $40? Is it a month? If it's per month, youth? Which youth are these? Santon? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Morocco? Uh, I... <laughs> I don't know who's who's who would consider forty bucks a month uh, uh, not a lot of money. I know India's got its cheapest Android device going for something like forty bucks at the moment. So I don't know. This isn't clear. What we do know is that there's definitely a trend towards collaboration. This is not the only romance going down. To Kenya next, where my phone and Uber have just announced their partnership. It turns out 2016 will indeed be the year of high-powered collaborations. What do you think, Defo? 
I think so, but this one I think is more uh, a benefit for my phone than Uber. And also, it's it's interesting because I think they're saying that uh, the my phone smartphones will be preloaded with an Uber app. Am I correct? That's right. Why would you say that it's more a benefit for my phone? Is it? An, do you think it's a nod in their direction, an endorsement of an otherwise very small smartphone maker? I think the the my phone guys will kill us if we said that they're a small player, a small manufacturer. But to be honest, Uber is a bigger brand global brand so they benefit perhaps with user onboarding and it also depends what level of uh, my phone smartphones are being preloaded with the uber app if it's the very low end 30 dollar 40 dollar ones do people on 30 dollar 40 dollar smartphones ride uber Ah, I see your point. I see your point. Uh, that said, I mean, like you said, Uber benefits from uh, easier onboarding. Uh, if you were to buy a MyPhone smartphone starting in March, you would find the Uber app embedded in your brand new MyPhone Android smartphone, and you are all the more likely to sign up for their service. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's a win-win. I'll call this a win-win for me. Look, let's break it down. At the end of the day, what's happening is that my phone users are being saved about, what, approximately 30 megs of downloading the Uber app if they had to. Some are being wasted time if they're going to delete it. You're calling PR on this one. Straight PR. All right. Well, moving on. PayPal made one of the more interesting announcements at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona this week. Turns out that Zoom, or Shoom, depending on the pronunciation you prefer, a digital money transfer company they recently acquired, plans to expand into Africa. Uh, they're planning to make it easier for people in the States uh, to send money to family and friends, uh, people who happen to have an M-Pesa account in Kenya specifically. Interesting that uh, PayPal are getting into this space. I wonder why they didn't uh, create their own feature within PayPal to make remittances possible. Strange for me to be talking about PayPal in this context, given how disruptive they've been to the status quo. But could, they be, could it be that they're being disrupted? Possibly. And also, it's very cumbersome to use. I don't know about most parts of the continent. I know it's cumbersome to use PayPal in South Africa, in Nigeria, uh, and other countries on the continent. I mean, you need a bank account, you need all that. So it's not as easy as you would in the States. So yeah, I'm quite keen to see how this works. As far as the ease of use on mobile, you're even worse, eh? Um, Speaking from my experience personally, trying to, to, to transact using PayPal on mobile. Sure. Look, they're claiming to have a, a new renewed focus and, and, and energy towards mobile and, and committing to how, people are, how people's habits in terms of sending money and receiving it and, and transacting you know, uh, are going. So they, they're claiming that they're, they're part of this wave. Uh, I think they're a little late to the party. Little late, but also I think the play here might be that they they're looking at uh, the diaspora, like the Kenyan diaspora who live in the U.S. Obviously, remittances to Kenya from the diaspora are quite huge. They form quite a huge part of the Kenyan budget, and integrating with Mpesa is quite interesting because we just mentioned now that it's easier to use PayPal in the U.S., which is where they're saying people from the U.S. can now send money. Mpesa to Kenya. So it will be quite interesting. Also quite keen to know if they worked with Safaricom on this because as we all know, Mpesa is owned by Safaricom. I'm thinking actually from a strategic point of view, they're looking to innovate by acquiring companies that are doing what they feel they ought to be doing in terms of innovation. So I'd imagine that's their strategy in terms of their business outside of the U.S., and in terms of the U in terms of their business in the U.S., they're just capitalizing on the massive brand and and uh, reputation they've built there. I could be wrong, but this is just me hypothesizing around what their strategy might be. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they. I think they're also at that stage that you're talking about. They're quite a big company now, 
probably got some cash. So the only way they're going to innovate quickly, in quotation marks, is by acquisition. Speaking about another big tech player, Facebook uh, is collaborating with the likes of Intel, Nokia, Deutsche Telekom, and others on a project called the Telecom Infra Project. Now, uh, they're hoping to bring together operators, infrastructure providers, system integrators, and other industry players together to develop new technologies and to rethink approaches to deploying network architecture that leverage these new advances in technology. Uh, basically, they're looking for new and better ways to maintain their competitive advantage. My question is, uh, anyone in Africa in on this? Yeah, true. Good question. Are they involving or speaking to any infrastructure providers, systems integrators, and telcos on the continent? But above all, I mean, reading that and listening to you, I think this is a whole lot of mumbo-jumbo of Facebook trying to offset their R&D costs together with other players. That, and as soon as they sort of figure out what they've decided to do or whatever, then they'll probably like package another UNICEF project a la Free Basics and then just chuck it you know, through to the continent of Africa. And yeah, we're watching. And we see. <laughs> Listen, I know we, we often sound pretty angry at Facebook on this show, but it's hard to keep silent when you can see through some of the, the motives that um, some of these big firms who don't really have the continent at heart seem to have. Uh, true. I mean, we, we, we can't just sit back and keep quiet when we're being offered subpar internet and it's like, oh, here, you take it because you can't afford the full one. Look, if you don't like our position, you could always tell us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. We await with bated breath. To our next story now, I mean, soon we might consider giving video on demand its own show because the whole trend is becoming a, a soapy, practically. Uh, someone's either being born or dying or someone's, you know, taking someone else out or... Uh, yeah, it's just it's just getting hectic. We might just have to do a spin-off show. So this past week, Iroka TV announced the rollout of their new French offering uh, to Francophone Africa. While something called Internet TV, Internet TV, Internet TV, the, it, yeah, just not not a great branding situation. But something called Internet TV is set to launch in South Africa. That's literally Internet and V. Yeah, so it's just so you understand why I'm having a hard time saying it. But yeah, they're launching in South Africa. They've got an offering called Cflix, which uh, plans to deliver uh, video on demand through apps on Android and uh, iOS devices. It should cost about $3.99 a month. It will only offer like older mu movies and television series. Internet TV also has another offering called NTV, which will be more up to date and and basically rival the likes of Showmax, Netflix, OnTap TV, MTN View, and other more up-to-the-minute VOD services. Yo, bruh. And then oh, what? Iroko TV uh, and, and Canal Plus uh, are now together branded as Iroko Plus. Yo. Yeah. All I'm doing is grabbing popcorn and watching this play out. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't... This reminds me, actually. This reminds me of the mobile money frenzy uh, of 2015. Yeah, definitely. I mean... As we've seen, and we've called quite a few of them that, like, you know, by Altec, Ultron. So we've called all, some of them that they would die because they'd never considered the market or they never looked at the African or South African market and asked themselves what do the users want and how are users consuming content. So, yeah, as I said, I'm just going to grab popcorn and watch this play out because I don't see any unique value proposition or unique selling point by... Uh, internet tv sorry guys and their c flicks and in tv offerings they're literally coming out doing a showmax clone which is a netflix clone so the only guy who's i have to say ahead of the curve here and who's got his niche 
well gutted is Hiroko TV because they're doing Nollywood and they're taking that niche and now expanding it and saying, okay, we'll offer Nollywood with French subtitles or French voiceovers. Work out a deal, a distribution deal with Canal Plus in France where we'll call it Hiroko Plus. I mean, that's he's just expanding. They are just expanding their niche. By he, I mean Jason. So here's the thing, though. People like took them down, though, on social this past week. They're like, hey, you're calling this a new offering. All it is is just like subtitles and weird French voices on top of content you already had. Nothing new here. Well, they're doing it. That's the thing. They're doing it, and it's their content. They're looking to produce their own content as well, so become a studio of sorts, Nollywood content. So they've, they've literally slowly locked down this Nollywood content where areas, all these other players coming out of South Africa are just doing uh, Netflix clones. Yeah, no, and you're not wrong. It is he. It is he. It's all Jason. It's all Jason Joku. No one else. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that. Oh, we're kidding, Jason. We love you, man. <laughs> Can't wait to have you on this show at some point. Yeah, definitely. Hit us up. Hit us up, my man. Anyway, yeah, well done. And uh, good luck to the now dozens of VOD service providers out there right here in the motherland, Africa. Now, MTN has finally caught a break this week. Or should we say they literally got away with murder because MTN has withdrawn legal action against the Nigerian Communications Commission over the $3.9 billion fine they were being charged for flouting regulations around the deregistration of SIM cards, which they didn't do uh, at, by a certain stipulated date. Now, the NCC has reportedly accepted $250 million uh, as payment in place of that $3.9 billion fine, which was, of course, reduced from way more than that. And now, of course, the 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 stock, uh, the MTN stock on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange just loved the news. This is, I'm just shocked. I mean, you went from a $5.8 billion fine, then it was reduced to $3.9 billion. Then the person who did the fault or the company that was in, you know, in the wrong only pays less than 10%. Yeah, I, I really don't understand what's going on. And uh, it, I, I have a feeling they're going to get away with, no, I shouldn't say get away with, but I have a feeling the whole visa phone thing is also just going to sort of disappear. And I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to feel right now. I, I'm not vindictive in that. I, I, I wasn't just looking for them to be fine for the sake of it and enjoying the fact that they might be brought to their knees. But there's something wrong with the way everything went down here. Yeah, we've all read that. Uh, I think most people have read that document, which stipulated in 2011, if I'm not wrong, the process of if deregistered SIMs are not deregistered of the network, how much uh, telcos were going to be fined in Nigeria. This is long ago. So we've all read that. We've all read the terms as to how it will play out if you're in the, in the wrong, as MTN were. And it was pretty clear what was going to happen to MTN. And the NCC, Nigerian Communications Commission, was in the right in finding them. And now it gets to where MTN decided to counter sue and hire the ex-Attorney General of the United States. And now we've got this $250 million payment that they've made. And as you say, this raises questions about the visa phone case as well. Will this just disappear? Is it just going to be another fractional payment they make? Is this how MTN operates across the continent? Yeah, there's just something about this that doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. And... Um... Yeah, it's discouraging in as far as, you know, one's, I mean, speaking to Kyle last week, talking about some of the, you know, he's got this profound, almost naive belief, sorry, Kyle, but this almost naive 
trust in justice and in the legal system. I just have a feeling that big companies with a lot of money can buy their, themselves out of, out of trouble or negotiate their way out of trouble, uh, muscle their way out of trouble. And it's just not right. It's just not right. I suspect they got away with a technicality that's probably totally unrelated to the case. And also, yeah, as you say, Carl is correct to believe in, in the justice system, but he needs to remember this is Africa. TIA, homie, I said this. Kyle, where you at this week, bro? Like, this is what I said, bro. Yeah, TIA. I mean, yeah, there's rules and then there's TIA rules. Yeah, there's, there's companies and then there's uh, MTN. <laughs> you know, that's how it is. I don't know how y'all feel about this thing, man. Please let us know. Hit us up on the story this week. Uh, reach us on Twitter at African Roundup or drop us an email at hello at africantechroundup.com or on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash africantechroundup. Uh, or just leave a comment right on the the, uh, the website at africantechroundup.com. We want to know what you think about uh, MTN's settling, quote-unquote, settling of this matter with a measly 250 million U.S. dollars. Look, it sounds like a lot of money in rands because it comes to the billions. But, I mean, relative to what they were owing and what they were charged and also what those charges represented in terms of principle and the things that they were being held to account for. Um, is it right that MTN gets off the hook for so little? And also, perhaps there's light on the story we are yet to receive, and you, you might be privy to legitimate legal details that rendered that fine either unfair or um, untenable for, for MTN to pay without a fight. So please, if you have any insights whatsoever, Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, once again, today's episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by Audible. Now, they're offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Now, this week, we are recommending a book called Kingpin by Kevin Paulson and narration provided by Eric Michael Summerer. Now, Kingpin is the true story of an audacious crook who staged a hostile takeover of an online criminal network that siphoned millions of dollars from the U.S. economy, much to the bafflement of intelligence agencies all over the world. Now, all you need to do to get Kingpin or any other audiobook of your choice for free right now is head straight to audibletrial.com forward slash African Tech. That's audibletrial.com forward slash African Tech. Otherwise, that's it for this week. Yeah, and be sure to join us next week. But until then, it's cheers from me, Andy Lemasugo. And me, Tefo Mahapi. Uh, yeah, I'm not on MTN, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs>